Welcome to the Canva guided meditation for stress at work. Impending deadline? Generate Canva presentations in seconds. So fast. Brainstorm got too big? Summarize with AI in a click. Writer's block? Release with Canva Magic Write. Magical. Stress less and save time at canva.com. Designed for work. Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. Okay, here's the question. How do you, as a creator of anything, if you are creating a brand of any sort, whether you're blogging or developing a new website for your shop or creating a brand new product that's never been seen or heard of before, or developing a program and, or titling a coaching service or giving your business a name, how do you protect your brand and simultaneously your creative soul, that that spark in you that comes to life when you get to think about using your experience or your expertise to help others make a transformation in their life, whether that be via your products or your services or something else. How do you make sure that not only are you legally protected, but that you're also practically protected from the fears that we have of, is someone going to copy this? Am I? Is there going to be brand confusion because someone else has the same name as me? How do I figure all of this out and make sure that my intellectual property is protected in a way that I can feel good about and I can feel confident about so I can do what I'm really excited to do, called to do, designed to do, and fired up to do. That's what we're talking about in this episode. Today, I am talking with Takora Davis, and she is so helpful in this subject. She's talking to us about trademarks and um, intellectual property protection and developing um, boundaries within your brand and growing your team effectively, not only just legally, but also in a way that protects your mind so that you can really um, take care of your creative soul. And so Takora is all about uh, protecting uh, your brand and your creative soul so that you can live out your purpose through what it is that you are creating without the stress, without breaking out in hives when you think about all the legal stuff and all of the patents and the and the trademarks and all the words that can feel so overwhelming. She breaks it down for us and gives us a really great starting point. So you are going to love this conversation. I'm not going to make you wait. Let's dive right into it. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Takora, welcome to She. Thank you so much for having me today, Jordan. Absolutely. I am really looking forward to learning from you. This is a topic that we had, I think we've had one episode that's similar to, not not the exact same, but a similar topic and everybody really loved it. So I'm like, we got to get more of this. So before we get too far ahead of ourselves, would you just share a little bit about your background, what you're passionate about and what you help people with now? Sure, happy to. So I am attorney Takora Davis. I'm the founder of The Creators Law Firm. And I'm just super passionate about pushing people into their purpose. And I happen to do that 
in part through my legal um, services and my law firm and really helping people protect their big ideas mm-hmm. and then also encouraging people along the way. Um, I find that a lot of creatives have this big God-sized dream that he has just dropped in their belly. Um, but there's a lot of fear and trepidation and sometimes regret and shame that really holds people in a place of stagnation. And so I also speak to really your creative soul. So I love to say I help you protect your brand and your creative soul. Mm, that's good. I love that. I love that. So I'm curious, did you originally think that you were going to do something like this? Did you study law? Was it always something you wanted to do or did it come out of a different experience? Oh, man. So ever since I was a little girl, I always said I wanted to be a lawyer. And I think somewhere along the way, I lost that vision because I was very sensitive as a child. I mean, people would look at me and I would like cry like it was really Mm -hmm. bad. um, (laughs) You know, I thought, well, you know how you saw lawyers on TV or at least how I saw them. They were always like bold and brazen. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I just thought, man, that's not me. Like Mm -hmm. and maybe I shouldn't be a lawyer and maybe I should be something else. And I'll I'll pursue medicine because that'll make Mm -hmm. my parents proud. So I do have a biology degree. (laughs) Um, Do you ever use that? Uh, not really. Uh, <laughs> every once in a while, I might pull some things out when I'm talking to my son about plants, because I used to do um, gen- uh, research on genetically modified plants and oh, stuff wow. like that. So I might pull that out every once in a while, speaking with my son about plants and photosynthesis and all sorts of stuff. But mm. really, no, not on a day to day. But, you know, ultimately, the beautiful thing about just just I don't know, just purpose and destiny. It's like no matter what, you're going to get back on the right path. And Mm -hmm. so while I was in the scientific laboratory learning about genetically modified tomatoes, I discovered intellectual property law. I had no idea that there was this fusion and this emergence, this emergence of law and science until mm-hmm. I heard about intellectual property and my uh, plant, um, excuse me, Dr. Boss, who happened to be like my lab supervisor, my lab professor. She was saying, we really need scientists in Washington. Mm. <laughs> and we need people because there's, you know, science in the law. And she started talking about patents. And I was like, what? You know what? Mm. I had no idea that this could be possible. And that actually was my introduction to this area of law that I traditionally didn't even know existed. And so after I graduated, I knew for sure I did not want to be a scientist. I did not want to um, be in a lab. I just, I just didn't have a desire. And then, um, God opened a door and then I was able to work on the Hill and I worked for Congresswoman Marsha Fudge. And I got to staff, um, I had to staff her on the science and technology committee for a brief moment. Mm-hmm. And so that really was awesome. It, it it was interesting because being there on the Hill, I knew I definitely didn't want to go into politics, but it really kind of rebirthed that love of the law and the intrigue. And mm-hmm. so I said, I'm going to go back to law. I'm going to go to law school. And as I go to law school, I'm going to pursue being. So that's what I thought I wanted to do. Um, got into law school did great. And as I began to take um, different courses on patent law and really get into that, I started to think more and more about it. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I I, I definitely don't want to do patent law. This feels very much like I'm a scientist again. Mm. (laughs) And and in that stumbling and bumbling around, I discovered creative business law and how um, 
really practicing soft IP, which is trademarks and copyrights and the things that I do now, that's how I really introduced, got introduced to this. Wow. That is such an interesting journey from, I didn't realize the science part of it, but I think that's really neat because it kind of, it sounds like it opened you up to the legal world and how the legal world Mm -hmm. is technically involved in everything. And it was a great open door to then now pivoting into helping creatives. And that was actually something I was going to ask about, was there something specific that made you want to be an attorney for creatives or was it just through, like you said, bumbling, bumbling around and trying different things? Was there ever a moment where maybe you helped somebody or there was anything that made you go, oh, this is what I want to do? Yeah. um, So after I graduated law school, I took the bar exam and I failed. (laughs) I, I failed by five points and I was devastated. Okay. Just absolutely devastated, embarrassed, mortified, all those terrible things. But I then got offered a job. And the reason why they gave me this job and the job title was intellectual property analyst. Hmm. And they said, well, we love that you have a law degree and you have a science degree. You're perfect. We need you to be able to come in and analyze all of these inventions from our inventor. I worked at this place called Edison Nation Medical, and people who had ideas for new products and inventions would submit them Hmm. to us, and I would literally be the first person to see everybody's idea. So I got to see all these unique ideas and inventions from people, and I got to analyze them, and I'd say, okay, this could be marketable. Hmm. You know, this has some commercial viability. This could be trademarked. This is possibly patentable. Hmm. And so... I didn't really love the patent analysis, but what I loved was the interaction with the creatives, with the inventors. Mm. And then I got a newfound respect for how passionate people were about their businesses, Mm. about their ideas. And I never understood the emotion that people had behind the creating of something new. And I think that gave me a really healthy respect and, and a love. And I just began to fall in love with creative people and and creative business owners. And I began to have this healthy respect for what comes with serving them. Hmm. And so even though I'm very thankful that I ended up failing the bar, because I think if I didn't, I would not have even applied for that position. And I think I would have been trying to get into a law firm. Right. You know, and and I would not have even got that that groundwork, that base level of knowledge for that year and a half that I worked there Hmm. about what does it take to work with creative With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer, upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like, these are incredible. (laughs) Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she.
Canva presents stories to keep you up at night. It was an ordinary work day until... The Singapore presentation is at 3 a.m. The office was shocked. <laughs> That's when we sleep. Maya made it less scary with Canva. <laughs> I'll just record my presentation so Singapore can watch it anytime. Record and present anytime with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients. And it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. People. Yeah. Wow. That's so interesting. I love this story. I'm so intrigued. It's so like every piece just like as much as they all seem so different, how it all just kind of set you up to where you are now. And I I think that's so many people's stories, but sometimes when we're in the middle of them, it doesn't make sense. We're like, I don't really know why I'm doing this or that. It's interesting or I like it, but I don't know if I'm supposed to end up here forever, you know, and Mm -hmm. sometimes it's just a stepping stone to where we're ultimately going. So I I love that. Thank you for sharing that. So um, just so well, but Um, kind of pivoting here a little bit. I'm curious because I know that so many entrepreneurs feel like they have no idea even where to begin when it comes to legal advice and all of that protect, all the protection that you talked about protecting your brand, protecting your creative soul. And so I guess my question would be just on a base level, where would you suggest getting started when it comes to pursuing legal advice or protection for both your brand and your creative ideas? Oh, great question. I believe that the the top three things that you need to address very quickly are the entity status, meaning how is your business formed? Because that's going to directly affect you from a tax perspective, as well as a risk slash liability standpoint. And what do I mean by that? I mean that if you are not, if your business is not organized appropriately, you know, it could depend upon the higher taxes. You may pay higher taxes. Or, or if there's something that happens and you happen to be sued, um, if you don't have a formal business structured, your your personal assets could be 
on the line, your mm. retirement accounts, your cars, your home, your land, um, your inheritance. And so people don't really think about it that that on that big of a level. And so I would say making sure that your entity, entity, your business entity is formalized appropriately, making sure you have the appropriate contracts in place when it comes to protecting your brand. Contracts are so important because they are able to govern the relationships that you have with your customers, your clients, as well as your team members. Um, and that includes the contracts that are on your website, as well as the contracts you're using with employees, with independent contractors, or with maybe third-party consultants that are coming in and assisting you. Hmm. So we want to make sure that those are taken care of as well. And then, of course, your trademark. Um, this is arguably the most valuable brand asset that you own. Mm. But I find that it's the least protected by a lot of creatives. Many people will put off the trademark because they think, well, I can do that later. It's not that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. There are brands who vigorously protect their business names, taglines, logos. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is because this is how consumers are introduced to your mm -hmm. brand. Mm -hmm. They are finding out about what podcast to listen to, which business coach to support, which program to enroll in, which book to buy, mm -hmm. because it's based on the name and the name alone. Mm -hmm. And without a federally registered trademark, you do not have exclusive and full ownership mm -hmm. over your brand name to help distinguish you from your competitors and your counterparts. Mm -hmm. It is one of those foundational things that should be handled when you are forming the business, when you are creating a business plan, when you are doing these things and not put off until later. Because mm -hmm. trust me, about 50 percent of my clients are coming to me and they're not being proactive. They're being reactive. Mm -hmm. Something has to happen that shakes them up, mm -hmm. that makes them feel like I have to hurry up and get my trademark. Someone's trying to steal my name. Someone already has stolen the name. Mm -hmm. I've got my customers confused. I've got clients confused. People don't know whether or not to hire me or to hire the other person. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you just want to make sure that you're being proactive and taking control and making power moves instead of making these moves where you're just like, oh my gosh, what's happening? Right, right. Reactive versus proactive. You know, I've had, it's interesting that you say that because I learned that lesson the hard way um, the first time and I've ever since then had to trademark everything it feels like. But, um, you know, I've, I randomly one time was sent a picture and it was a journal in a store and it had the same name as my company at the time, like on it, it was like titled that. And somebody was like, is this yours? It's so cool to see you in a store. And I was like, no, that's definitely not mine. But that came out long after I started. So I need to figure this out. And so that was the first time that I had that realization of how much there can be brand confusion and how important that actually is to your community and, and your customer base and these and these relationships that you build with potential clients or potential customers or just community members who are not yet clients or customers. And so I'm really glad you pointed that out because I always kind of wondered, and I think a lot of new be beginner business owners kind of wonder, like they feel like I'm small, like I'm just getting started. No one knows who I am. No one's going to steal my name, you know, like, or maybe I've already, you know, maybe this name's already been used or things like that. And it can be easy to think like, well, how important is that really? Because it can feel a little bit overwhelming. But like I said, it's very surprising when something will happen and you realize I should probably have like full ownership of this brand that I've created. Um, 
But if someone's yeah. if someone's just getting started and they want to trademark something, can you give just a quick, um, maybe SparkNotes version of how do you get started on that process and how do you find out if what you're hoping to name your business or have named your business or your product or whatever it is that you think about that you're thinking about trademarking, how to make sure that no one else has that trademark too? Of course, I think it's it's interesting that a lot of people just name their businesses or their products or programs, just whatever they desire. And then they're shocked when someone else is out there. A lot of this stuff can be found with a cursory Google, Facebook or Instagram search. I would always recommend starting there. Why? Let me tell you, one of the first thing that broke business owners do, including myself, when I was super broke, when I just got started, I secured my social media handles. They're free. <laughs> right. So right. I'm sure like that was the first thing that I made a beeline to secure. I'm like, I'm getting my law firm name. I'm getting my handle. I'm getting my Facebook page. So many times that is the same mindset that entrepreneurs are going through where they're saying, OK, I'm going to make sure that I'm going to secure this. Mm -hmm. So if you are considering any type of name for yourself, do a Google search, look on Facebook, look on, look on Twitter, look on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, if someone else is using the same name or a similar name as you, it'll be there. Mm -hmm. So I would always say incorporate that into your intellectual property protection plan. We have business plans, we have marketing plans, but rarely do we have this IP protection plan that mm -hmm. is unique to our business. So that's one of the first things that you should do. Another thing that you can definitely do, just to take it a step further, is you can go on the Trademark Office's website and search for your name. But that can be confusing. Going on USPTO.com, clicking buttons, trying to figure out what you need to search. A much easier way and just even a more aesthetically pleasing way to search is to go to a website called Trademark Now. Trademark Now. There you can do a free search. It's pretty much they're doing the same type of search that you would do on USPTO.com, but it's just easier for you to read the search results. Mm -hmm. It's a free search that you can do. You can always pay for like an extra search. It's actually the search um, database that I use to do a more comprehensive in-depth search for my clients, but they do have a free version that is available for entrepreneurs. That is so nice to be able to search that website and you'll be able to see quickly, does someone else have the same name as me or mm -hmm. a similar name? Hmm. So it's I called trademarknow.com? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would have that website in my back pocket. Yeah, that's good to know. I've always had to look at US, USPTO or whatever that is. And I always get so confused. I end up emailing my yeah. lawyer like, what does this mean? Because <laughs> it's so hard to understand the search results. So that is very helpful. That's so good to know. Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit more about protection. I actually really want to focus on this because, again, I think a lot of people feel stuck um, or just frustrated when maybe they share an idea with someone in their industry or they just get to talking about something they're thinking about doing or they put a design out there or something like that and pretty quickly it gets snapped up and somebody else starts using something very similar or sharing something very similar. It quickly becomes something that um, feels suddenly like it's been stolen or like um, it's kind of diluted, if that makes sense. And so I think yeah. this is a really, really important conversation. And I'm curious if you would be able to share what the most common mistake entrepreneurs make, maybe outside of trademark, like, you know, putting the trademark off. So maybe that would be thing number one. But do you see any other common mistakes that entrepreneurs make when it comes to protecting themselves or when it comes to legal matters when they're either first getting started or even if they've been at it a little while? 
Yeah, um, I think one of the top mistakes that I continuously see happen over and over again is people who just want to get their legal advice from Google and group chats Mm -hmm. or even Facebook groups. I've seen that people love to make posts and do surveys in large Facebook groups, even if those places seem to be filled with friendly, fun loving, like heart centered entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. sometimes just saying, hey, guys. I'm going to launch this new coaching program. Here are the names that I'm considering. Can you vote on which one that you like the best? Mm-hmm. I'm sure we all have seen mm-hmm. that <laughs> question pros or a derivative of it. Many times what I've seen unfortunately happen after that is that person follow up two, three days later saying, guys, the name that I wanted is no longer available on social media. The domain that I wanted is no longer available because someone purchased it. I only asked this question in this group, so someone here had to have done it. And it's terrible because what happens is you shrink back. And see, this is the thing where I really speak a lot to fear and really protecting your creative soul. Like the most precious thing that you have a lot of times is your authentic, pure creativity. We have to protect that at all costs. And that includes making sure that we have about where to share, mm. where to ask questions. You don't ask that type of question in a group of 40,000 strangers. Yeah. yeah. You know, you just don't, we can't trust all of those people. Mm. And that, unfortunately, what happens is those people could retreat from those communities where they could get adequate and wonderful advice and community and make great connections, or they just are feeling hesitant about sharing, hesitant about creating, because now that pure creative space has been tainted by someone who's kind of stepped in and and crossed over and taken something from them. Mm. That's what I talk about. Let's protect our creative soul. Let's protect that authentic creativity, because yes, the legal strongholds and the shields and the barriers and things like that that we put up are going to help, but we also have to exercise wisdom in what it is that we do. Mm, That's good. I love how you said know where to share. So I I mean, I resonate with that a lot. I've had many experiences (laughs) where I'm like, shoot, I shouldn't have put that out there. But I'm curious, where would you suggest is a better place to share? Like if someone's saying, okay, I need feedback and I don't want to put this out there to 40,000 strangers, what would you recommend as being maybe a better place to share and get that feedback? I think a couple places. Um, if you are involved in like a a mastermind and I'm finding like in high ticket masterminds, there are wonderful places to be because you have people who are really on your level. They've made the mm-hmm. same level of investment as you. They're rooting for you to win. They're in the trenches with you. And oftentimes you are bonded by the fact that you all have one made this financial commitment. Right, right. You're in these small groups in these intimate spaces. That's where a lot of times people are authentically sharing and they really are willing you to win. I I don't find and I'm not saying it's just like a hard rule everywhere, but I have not found in the high ticket masterminds that I've been a part of that people have been jealous of me or they Mm -hmm. don't want me to win. They really want me to win. Mm -hmm. Other places to share, I would say, is if you have biz besties or Mm -hmm. people who are really in the trenches with you as well, they may not have paid for a high ticket mastermind. Mm-hmm. But it could be people that you're very close with in the business world. They could be in the same industry as you or not. I think those are much safer places to share. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Sometimes at the end of the day, Jordan, what I find is that when people share, they're seeking validation for their ideas. Mm-hmm. They don't really care if somebody, you know, they don't really care about the vote. I mean, they do like you're seeking validation. And it's like, why do you need outside validation for Mm. what God put inside of you? Like, why are we going around and asking other people 
idea when you know good and well it is. It, we know, let me tell you, when it's a good idea, it won't leave you alone. Mm. It'll nag you yeah. <laughs> over and over and over again. A lot of times, I just did this this crazy event. It was a virtual trademark. And I did it um, Friday, July 31st. And I, I've never seen anybody do something like that before. But I got the idea July 3rd. And I looked at my husband. I was like, I'm going to do a trademark party. And he's like, okay, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> and I, I just, we sat there in private. We kind of like shared, you know, and we we planned it all out. And I was like, I'm going to do this. This sounds crazy. I don't know how many people are going to show up. I had a, like 500 people RSVP, about 300 people live, wow. you know, and um, it was fantastic. But I'd never seen anybody do that before, but I didn't turn around and ask of trademark attorneys that I'm in, like, hey, mm-hmm. guys, what do you think about this? I was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to trust that this idea is good enough mm-hmm. on its own, that I'm not going to seek validation from somebody. I'm just going to launch and I'm going to see what happens. Mm-hmm. And it worked out. It was amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. So it was a virtual trademark party. Was it was the yeah. goal for someone to be able to learn how to get a trademark or what was the what was the outcome? Well, you know, it was this night of celebrating my clients, celebrating like the fact that, and for me as an attorney, I represent, I would say around 95% African-American women. Hmm. And in this country, intellectual property in connection with African-Americans, there's been this weird history Hmm. of, I didn't even realize this until I began practicing this area of law, but I didn't realize that enslaved Africans, in order for them to get their freedom, they had to assign the rights to their patents, their patentable ideas to their former masters in order to get free. Wow. Oh, wow. I mean, it gobsmacked me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I know, I'm or, sitting here like, what? <laughs> right. Wow. I, I had no idea about this. I said, what? Then we kind of look at, you know, uh, you know, now we're hearing about things like, oh, there was a, a former enslaved African who created Jack Daniels whiskey or they created other things. Or even when we look at some of our musical artists, um, you know, from, uh, you know, uh, people in the 60s and 50s and 40s and 70s, we find that many times black artists were exploited and it was their creative genius that was exploited a lot of times through poor contracts. Mm. So a lot of times in my community, there hasn't been this like amazing uh, relationship when it comes to IP protection. And so I also Mm. wanted to celebrate, these are these black entrepreneurs who are going against the grain Mm. and they are actually choosing to invest and protect their legacy, which Mm. many times has not been accessible to us. Mm. And so I wanted to celebrate that. I also wanted to educate people about what does it take for me as a black woman to have built a law firm of, I didn't even realize this, but of all the attorneys in the United States, only 5% are black. Really? Yeah. And then a small sliver of that 5% practice the intellectual property law that I practice. Like maybe I've seen like anywhere from 30 to 40 attorneys Mm -hmm. (laughs) who are are African-American across the United States that practice this area of the law. And it's changing. Mm -hmm. But again, that also goes to show us like, wow, these things were not always accessible to certain communities. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to really celebrate how things are changing in this Mm -hmm. country, how it has changed for my clients, and also use this as an opportunity to educate and empower people. And then, of course, pitch my legal services. So Mm -hmm. I got maybe 10 new clients, which was awesome. And then finally, I forgot this part. I interviewed some of my clients, too, which was amazing. And I think one of the best interviews that I had was with Shanisha Boswell of Black Moms Blog. And I basically was like, let's talk about everything that I did wrong when I represented you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was this 
most amazing, like authentic, genuine conversation we had because I've never been a business owner before. This is my mm-hmm. first business that's actually done well, right? It didn't mm-hmm. crash and burn. <laughs> but along the way, you know, when you're, when you've, you, Jordan, I'm sure when you have been building this amazing brand, you have made mistakes. Oh, and yeah. most of the time, our mistakes are those things that are behind closed doors. And a lot of times we'll obsess over the mistake. We regret it. We have mm-hmm. this shame that we battle and we don't want to tell anyone, oh my gosh, I made this terrible mistake with a client or customer. Or, you know, mm-hmm. you just kind of power. And I said, let's, let's take the power away from the fact that I made a mistake. And let's talk about how did you feel as a client? And what did I do as a result of me making this mistake? Mm. And I realized, girl, you need to hire some people. Stop trying to be superwoman and Holy Mm. Ghost Jr. And try to do everything (laughs) yourself and get people on your team to help you. And Mm. so I was able as a result to now have this amazing team of women who are working with me in different capacities. So it's not all on my shoulders anymore. But a year ago, that's how it was. I just was too Mm -hmm. scared to hire because I was like, I'm going to be responsible for someone's livelihood. What if it doesn't work out? What if if this and that? It's like Decora. Look at what you're doing now and look at the experience that some of your clients are having because you were stretched too thin. Mm. And so we got to have this amazing conversation around what does it take to build a brand? What does that look like? And how can we really learn from our mistakes and really have an open and honest conversation so that everybody else can learn from that too? Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I love that you did that. I think that, like you said, open and honest to allow the um, the things that may not be so obvious on the I guess the front side of things or the looking mm-hmm. inward um, until you kind of peel back that curtain and you show like, Hey, I'm a human here. Right. And I've been there too. Yeah. And this is where I'm at. And I've been in the, in that place a lot too, of feeling like, oh, I know I need to expand, but then that puts the pressure on me to feel like, Oh gosh, mm-hmm. I have to grow. Right. But it's interesting how much simpler growing can be when you have the help. It doesn't feel yeah. like, Oh my gosh, you just have to hustle like you would, like you were in the beginning. And so mm-hmm. I, I'm glad that you shared that too. Cause I think like in this conversation, in this context of the conversation, even that decision is a way to protect your brand, right? The yes. decision to hire, the decision to um, ask for help and to really stay in your zone of genius allows you to better serve your clients and to better serve your community. Um, mm-hmm. and to, and to do what you are ultimately best at rather than trying to be everything because very quickly that can tarnish your brand. And actually, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but for me personally, when I've been in times where I've done that, um, I've found that I will, I will almost start to resent my brand sometimes. Like I am mm-hmm. so overworked that I'm like, I don't even care about this anymore, you know? And I think yeah. that that isn't protecting your brand either or your soul. No, it's totally not. And then what happens is the blessing that the Lord intended for you to have, it, come, it becomes a burden. Mm-hmm. And that's not what it was supposed to be. Hiring is a form of self-care. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. That is a really good way to put it. That is a... Okay, wait, now let's talk about this briefly, even though this isn't the main focus I wanted to get into, but it is a legal related thing. And as it protects our brands and our and our souls, I think it's important to know. Do you typically, when you grow your team or when you recommend that people grow their teams, do you have a preference or a recommendation when it comes to, should I hire them as employees? Should I hire them as contractors? Is there a guideline as to when I should do what? Do you have any recommendation for that? 
Yeah, yeah. I think it's always nice to have a trial period, you know, and that person can start off as a contractor. You know, that means that that person, when they come to the table, they should be able to bring their own equipment. They should maybe have their own laptop, their own Wi-Fi. Um, some of the things that they need to be able to do their job effectively. I love starting people out as contractors, mainly because, you know, if it doesn't work out, then it's like, hey, thank you so much for your time. Mm-hmm. I bid you adieu. You can go on your way. Um And it really gives you that great training ground. So to me, I think it's a wonderful way to do it. But it doesn't mean that's the right or wrong way. You can Mm -hmm. still have someone as a part-time employee and you can still say, hey, this is a temporary training period for 90 days or six Mm -hmm. months or whatever. And we see if we're going to extend Mm -hmm. and offer a full-time employment to you after that period culminates. Mm -hmm. Either way, whatever it is that you're going to do. Make sure it's clearly outlined in a contract. Mm -hmm. You know, this could be an independent contractor agreement Mm -hmm. or anything like that where you're kind of laying things out and making it very clear for all parties involved. Mm -hmm. So I would just say, you know, I don't really have a preference as to one over the other. Do whatever works best for your brand. But what I do have a preference for is making sure that all parties are clear about the expectations and, um, you know, what you plan to do moving forward. Mm. That's a really good idea to almost have a trial period or, you know, start with that in one way or another. That does make it feel a lot less pressure, set some expectations. And, you know, I know for many, I mean, myself included, the idea of having a true employee can be very overwhelming because there are other tax things and legal things and benefits and all the other pieces that start compiling onto that. And if you're at a place where you're like, I'm not, I don't have the HR department to help me with that, or I don't really know where to go. It really can be really helpful to start with independent contractors. So that is a really helpful um, guideline. Thank you for sharing that. I know many wonder that and often feel a little bit confused. Um, One other thing I wanted to ask too, which is slightly different, but It is something that I think is important to ask. I'm just curious, is there a most popular or frequently asked top question that you get from entrepreneurs? And if so, what is that question and how do you typically answer it? Because I'm just thinking like there's got to be something everyone seems to be asking. And I I think you would probably know what that question is more than I would. (laughs) Oh my goodness. People ask me a lot of stuff. I think a lot of times what people will say Man, it's just so many different things. I would say from a trademark perspective, a lot of times people ask things along the lines of, this person has this brand Mm -hmm. and it's pretty much the same as mine, except ours differ by one word or one letter or something like that. Is this trademark infringement? Mm -hmm. Um, And so one, the thing about trademark infringement is first you have to look and see are the brand names the same or very similar? If the answer to that is yes, then the next thing you need to look to is, are the products and services that we offer the same or similar? Are they in the same trade channel or related? So many people are like, they they get afraid because they're like, there's another business out there and they have the same name as me. And I'm like, yeah, so does Dove Chocolate and Dove Soap, Mm, you know, or Delta Airlines and Delta Faucet. So Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times people get a little, um, they have this timidity about it and it's like, hold on. Don't don't be easily frightened. Let's really analyze this. Mm -hmm. And so I would say like, you know, a lot of times people are asking me those questions or they'll say things like, well, we're in the same industry and our names are the same. But what if I add, you know, 
you know, your creator's law firm, but what if someone added the creator's law firm? Would that be enough? And it's like, it's the same name. Mm-hmm. A lot of times people are trying to say, what if I make it plural? Mm-hmm. Listen, you know, if you have to do those little things to it, mm-hmm. that's really not making it that different. Mm-hmm. It's not adding any distinctiveness to it. Mm-hmm. So sometimes people are always trying to figure out a way to get around. A lot of, I would say that people ask me the wrong questions. Mm-hmm. They'll say, can I get this trademark? The question really should be, the first question is, is this trademark infringing on anyone else's brand? Am I violating someone else's rights? That's the mm-hmm. first question we all should ask as opposed to coming and saying, can I get a trademark? Mm-hmm. The first question you should ask is, is this trademark going to hurt someone else's brand, essentially? Mm-hmm. And then from there, we can determine whether or not you can get it. That's a really good perspective shift and also a little bit humbling because I think we always want to look out for ourselves first, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but in the way yeah. by asking that, that's ultimately what you are doing, right? You're making sure you're setting yourself apart. And even if you have to let go of something you thought was the best idea ever, it's ultimately going to serve you better in the long run. So I'm glad that you, sh- mm-hmm. you said that. It's a little convicting, but really good. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, I so, love yeah. it. I love it. Well, okay. I want to know, just can you tell everyone if they are listening and saying, I need to learn more from this gal, she's amazing, um, which they probably all are, where can they find you? Where can they learn more and get involved with everything that you do and how you help creatives? Sure. So I um, I think the best place, like where the party is really jumping, <laughs> is on my Instagram page, which is Takora Davis. So T-I-C-O-R-A. D-A-V-I-S. So, um, you know, and what's cool is you can really access all of my brands from that. I feel like that's my headquarters Mm -hmm. on my Instagram page. So if you go there, you'll be able to visit my law firm or you'll be able to visit my contract shop, which is called Business Bakery. Um, And so you'll be able to get a a hold of me there. Awesome. I love it. Well, Takora, thank you so much for everything that you've shared, for helping us learn the steps we can be taking to protect our brands, protect our creative souls, our creative spirits. It's such a blessing and so helpful to know especially in this world that can feel like there's so many rules and so many things to know you've just broken it down and made it feel so effortless and so so doable so thank you so much thank you so much for um, sharing your audience with me and allowing me to share my smarts with them this was such a blessing and I really enjoyed our conversation oh good me too I'd love to hear from you it makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content. And it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. 
Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation.